Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Strike a Pose Photo Booth podcast. This is Jim, the tech manager, coming to you from the secret location under the train station. I don't know where you are as you're listening to this, but I have to say here at the train station, it's been pretty brutal with the cold. Went to bed the other day, uh, woke up to 50 degrees in the morning after a pretty good cold snap, only to sit around and watch the temperature plummet. So by bedtime that night, it was a hefty minus two wind chill. So not real happy here at the train station with this uh, weird winter weather. Give me something I can get used to and a acclimate myself. Uh, but hey, you know, it's another weird winter all over for everybody. Okay, so this week, we're going to talk about solutions, because the caption of today's show is, it's the solution that matters. And essentially, what that means is, when there is a problem, the tried and true method of dealing with any problem is you focus on the solution, not the problem. This is something that I've brought up before and we've talked about on the podcast. Um, I think it's time we're in a new year. We're going to revisit this and talk a little bit more in depth about what you can do to prepare yourself to deal with these uh, problems uh, from a solution standpoint. What I'm going to do is I am going to uh, basically go through uh, the list of resources that are out there that you can use to uh, help yourself, help prepare yourself with these uh, things that will pop up. And then I'm going to talk about how you can use these resources in real situations. So the number one thing that we have is our video training site. For our customers, the video training pages have a lot of information on how to do specific things. And I mentioned this, it's not really troubleshooting, but a lot of the problems come from not knowing how to uh, set up Darkroom to do a certain task. Or, um, you know, you go in and, and you try to set it up, but it's not quite working. Well, the training videos, you know, show you ABC, how to set it up. And more often than not, it's an issue of not having A, B, and C completed. And that's why we regularly try to reinforce going to the training pages, no matter where you're at, whether you're a brand new customer, uh, first time with the booth, or you've been at it for a while, it is always worthwhile. It's to your benefit to keep going back to the training site and looking at videos because some of them are updated, new videos are added. Uh, as Darkroom grows, there's new features. And it's you know like a modern car. The more you put into it, the more things that you can accidentally switch or the things that can go wrong, if you're not aware of what it all does and what it's all for. So having a grasp on the software and the hardware uh, for the booth on how to just run it, period, is going to put you in a place where uh, the, the small things that come up, you're going to feel much more comfortable in identifying them and knowing where to turn next for your answers for the solution to this particular problem. Now, a number of those solutions can be found on our support pages. So we have uh, a lot of common issues that happen with the computer, that happen with the camera, that happen with the darkroom software uh, and, you know, the, the printer. So these are things that you need to be familiar with. It's not just enough to know that, oh, there's a link and I'm going to bookmark it and that's where I can find, you know, this information. It's a good start, but you really should know what information is on there to begin with because it's not all-inclusive. I mean, there really is just no way to have an all-inclusive site 
with every you know known problem with every computer uh, everything that with windows um you know microsoft has a knowledge base that has hundreds not tens of thousands literally hundreds of thousands of articles because there's just a lot that can go on now most of that's not going to affect you but knowing what the contents are of the support pages you can get that into your brain so that when something does happen you know for a fact ah i know where to find that and while you're learning what's there, it doesn't hurt to read through and see what some of these common steps are to fix some of these common issues. Some of these things will become ingrained in you and, you know, without thinking, you're, you can jump from, oh, I've identified the problem, right into dealing with the solution without having to look anything up. The other thing is having a cursory knowledge of some of these common issues and, and how to deal with them, you might find yourself in a position where you're not able to get to the internet. So you're in one of those great rural locations where there's no cellular, there's no wireless. You have no way to get online to check these things out. That's going to put you at a fair disadvantage. Now, we're going to talk about having printed documents in just a little bit. So check out the support pages, understand what's there. Now, in addition to the support pages that we have, a lot of people seem to forget the vendor pages. So I'm talking about Microsoft, Darkroom, Canon, Imaging Spectrum, uh, and Dell all have support sites. They all have a number of articles on a number of things. And most of them are arranged in common issues. So you can get to like an FAQ, a frequently asked questions page. Or in most cases, you can just, you know, search for your particular problem. But knowing where these things are, having those bookmarked as well is going to be extremely advantageous to you. And there is a wealth of information there to get you through whatever it is that is going on. Now, I just mentioned uh, documents. So that's the next thing. Now we have on our support pages, we have a few downloadable documents. We have a general troubleshooting guide. We have a, a printer troubleshooting guide. And those are things that you should download and print out and have in the booth at all times. So if you cannot get to the web, a lot of the common steps and solutions are in those printed documents. So having those with you gives you an extra layer of support. And as you go to the vendor support pages, a lot of them have uh, documents that you can download and print out, uh, frequently asked questions, FAQs. Or more importantly, if you search on particular problems, so say you had a problem over the weekend, okay, and you didn't get to prepare and get all this stuff ready, what you can do afterwards is search on that problem that you had and say it was with uh, something with Windows, okay? So you search on the error that you got or the issue that you had, and when you find the answer, go ahead and print out that web page. So it might not be an actual document that you can download, but go ahead and print out some troubleshooting steps for issues that you know that you've had, or if you want to think forward, you know, things that you may run into, you know, it, it's really, it, it's good to have that information. Hard copy is the best. It just is the best. It's not all inclusive. You know, um, if your problem is not one of the five things that you have a paper on, well, hopefully then, you know, you can get to a, a support page with information, but at least you have those pages in a situation where, Again, you have no access to anything because there are you know, plenty of places out there where you are on your own and there's no communication whatsoever. Now, admittedly, some of the vendor support pages can be a little complicated. And if you 
are not sure what it is that you are asking, you can type in a bunch of stuff on that search field and you know who knows what you're going to come up with. So the next thing that you can do is look for forums or user groups online. And most vendor support pages will have a link to a forums or groups page that uh, discusses you know technical issues. And asking a general question in a forum is a lot more natural language. You know, you're not relying on a search algorithm to uh, you know figure it out for you. You have people who are going to read it and will be able to respond. Now, this is not what I would call instantaneous troubleshooting, but this is a way for you to learn how to deal with things that you either recently dealt with or dealt with in the past, and you're not having success in uh, finding that information because you don't know how to ask the question so that the search engine will uh, rally that through and provide the right answers for you. Not to mention, a lot of these user groups will already, I mean, these are people who, the people who answer the questions, these are folks who have been there and done that. So they've run into that problem they figured it out with themselves. Some of them are IT experts. Some of them are just people who had a computer, had a problem, found an answer. And what they've done is they've saved that information and they will provide you with links, locations, um, you know, documents if needed. And it's, it's really, it's a great community to become a part of. You know, you don't have to be a tech head to jump into a user group or a support forum and say, okay, this is what happened. What do I do? That's a lot easier than, you know, trying to type in, um, had a, a memory error, handler, location, such and such and such. Because if you don't know what you're typing, you don't know what you're going to read in terms of a response. So dealing with people on that level is a way to get, uh, again, more support information for you, more uh, support items to put in your arsenal, uh, additional links, things that you can print out and so on. Essentially, you need to know your support options. Part of that is knowing what the support hours are. Now, Microsoft and Dell have 24-7 support. They're worldwide. They're, you know, they're gigantic. They have support centers in every country covering every hour around the clock, even holidays, because uh, not every country celebrates the same holidays. So having those numbers, which are available, uh, at, well, not Microsoft, but Dell. So like the Dell number is available on our support page, as well as numbers for Canon and imaging spectrum. Having those handy, again, writing them down, putting all this information on a one sheet. So a sheet of paper that has email addresses, like for Darkroom, uh, we'll come back to that in a second, phone numbers for Dell, Darkroom, uh, Microsoft, you can go ahead and look up their support uh, information in case you want to get straight to a Windows solution without going through Dell. Having all that information is going to give you a real quick avenue to getting to the end of your problem. Now, again, Microsoft and Dell have 24-7 support. Uh, we do not. We have Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. Darkroom, same thing, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, both central and imaging spectrum, uh, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 central. So checking those things out and knowing those times uh, for phone calls is going to stop you from wasting time going down an avenue that you're not going to get to the end of because nobody's there to answer the phone. So for darkroom and uh, printer issue, uh, what you can do is email darkroom, or I'm sorry, email darkroom at support at darkroomsoftware.com. Uh, this is for after hours and weekends. They occasionally have people monitoring this. Now, it's not to say that the very second you have something going on and you send out an email that, uh, you know, someone's going to get right back to you. That's just the, the way the businesses are set up. 
So you have to deal with the issue that, okay, if there's not a human body to talk to, what can you do? For darkroom license issues, when your license uh, shows up as invalid or you have to re-enter it and there's an issue, then what you need to do is send an email to support at darkroomsoftware.com. Let them know that your license has expired or been invalidated, whatever it is, uh, and that you need to be up and going. You're at an event. When they see that email, and it's usually within 15 minutes, uh, when they see that kind of an email, they'll send you a temporary number to get you going through the night. So problem solved, right? There's the solution. Now, that's not going to be the same with every uh, type of issue that you can have, but that's what there is. So know how to utilize it and capitalize it. So those are the basic tenets of being prepared for anything that's going to go on uh, during an event, knowing what your solutions are are what your solutions you have available, what methods you have available to find those solutions. So going back and saying, you know, focus on the solution, not the problem. That means when the printer jams, okay, instead of spending 20 minutes, you know, uh, running in circles, my printer's jammed, my printer's jammed, my printer's jammed, you've already identified that. And it is just, it's human nature. I mean, we wouldn't have these phrases and sayings and methods of approaching things if human nature worked the way it was supposed to, basically. So, yes, you know the printer's jammed. At that point, shut it down. Shut down. Okay, the printer's jammed. Solution. What am I going to do to unjam it? Work your mindset into that field of thought. What am I going to do to fix it? You already know there's a problem. You've identified it. It's not going to matter how many times you repeat it, how many times you go on about it, the solution's not going to fix itself or the problem's not going to fix itself and the solution's not going to show up without a little help from you. And generally that's, you know, easier said than done. That's, I get that because I've been there. As a photographer, one of the things that I had to do, not only learning how to take pictures, I had to understand my equipment. And back in those days, it was film cameras, um, much more accessible than digital in terms of, you know, troubleshooting and trying to get to the bottom of something. But I had to learn, you know, what is this camera, every component about it that is going to affect me, which means everything from the shutter to the diaphragm, uh, how the film advancement works, whether it's manual or automatic. I need to know where the batteries are, what the batteries run, what works with and without batteries on the camera, all that good stuff. And believe me, when I tell you, they don't teach you that in photography school, they don't teach you the mechanics of the camera. I mean, they explain what pieces do, but a, a, you know, a, a shutter is a shutter in terms of how they teach it. You have to know how the shutter on your particular brand of camera works because there are different ways that they do it. I had to figure that out. When I got my equipment, I got manuals on it. I looked, uh, everywhere I could for books, information, repair guides, things like that. And it wasn't easy because there wasn't a wealth of internet information available. So it was pretty much old school, go to the library, uh, call companies, see if they had any documentation they could send me, uh, things like that. Even went so far as to talk to some camera repairman when I lived in cities of larger sizes that actually had people who had those skills. And essentially I learned my limits. I'm not a camera repair person. I don't know how to rip apart a camera completely, even my old 1962 Nikon. I don't know how to strip that whole thing down to every individual piece and put it back together. I don't need to because 
effectively, if a problem is at that deep of a level that I have to disassemble this entire camera, it's, it's done. It's over. If it was a wedding, there's no way I'm going to do that and get all the wedding shots. It's going to take hours to work on this camera. So, you know, when it gets to be a massive problem like that, a complete mechanical breakdown, that's out of your hands. That's out of everybody's hands at that point. But short of that, I was completely aware of all of the things that I could do that would, you know, that I could handle if they came up. So sometimes if there's a shutter failure, that could be something so simple as the shutter is misaligned and it got stuck. Well, I learned how to, even with a film camera, I learned how to put the uh, camera essentially in a shielded box with holes in the side and keep any light from coming in. I knew how to uh, pull the film out, get in there without looking, mind you, because I can't expose that film to any light. Otherwise, you know, everything I have done is gone and get in there. And I knew how to get in and feel for the shutter. And oh, yep, sure enough, because I knew this particular shutter somehow uh, one of the tiny corners got bent and one of the curtains wouldn't close. So give it a nudge. There we go. Put the film back in, close it up, take it out of the box, up and running. And this was the same for pretty much all of my equipment, my flash units, all of my cables, my remote, my power stations, everything. I took the time to learn about how everything that I had works and how it works with one another and the breakpoints, the things that I could manage because a, a simple issue and I define that as something that's not a complete mechanical breakdown or like a hard, you know, computer crash, things like that. But a lot of the common issues are simple issues that once you understand the environment that it's all working in, and again, you don't need to be tech savvy. You don't need to learn a bunch of technology. You just need to know some of the terms of what it is that the things that are, are they're doing, okay, how they work, what those terms mean and what they mean to you. When someone says uh, USB port failure, you should know what those elements mean. You should know what a USB is, and you should know what the port is, and you should know what it means by failure, which is essentially the port either uh, stopped working for power reasons, it shorted out, or that the USB cable is bad, um, or something with Windows has misdiagnosed what's going on with the port and shut it down. So those are three very basic things that have some very simple steps to you know, rectify. And you should know that. You should know what that terminology means. It's the, another good example is, you know, for entertainment folks, is if you were to take on an event as a DJ, you would not show up at that event as a DJ without knowing how all your stuff works. What is the software that you have? How do you get those tunes lined up? How do you create your lists? How do you mix it? How do you do all of that? You know, what are you using? Hardware, software, both? You would know all of this before you took it out. And it's the same thing as a photographer. Without knowing the basic elements of how to set shutter aperture, how to read light, understand what the camera is, what film speeds are and ISO settings, I would not have been able to do anything without knowing that information. So from a technical standpoint, there are some things that you need to get on top of in order to keep your booth up and running or to mitigate any issues that come up during an event or just, you know, while setting up for an event just prior to it. I've said this many times before, and I keep saying it, and I will keep saying it. A photo booth, regardless of what it's composed of, essentially is a computer or a tablet or some other device. In our case, it's a computer, a camera. In our case, it's a DSLR, a printer, 
and a bunch of cables. All of that is wed together by the software, which is Darkroom. You can envision this as a long chain with many links. And as we know with chains, any link can break. Knowing where to look for that break and knowing what to do once you find it is going to make the difference between refunding an event or giving a discount or just saying, you know, hey, things happen. And this is a whole, you know, side issue. But when you're, you know, talking about events, setting up your contracts, you should always have a disclaimer that you're going to do everything that you can. But technology is what it is. And if there's an ultimate failure or an act of God, then that's just what it is. And there's nothing you can do about it. So with that having been said, a lot of technology failures are easily overcome. And I, I just, I talk to a lot of people who close up shop at an event because of A, B, or C happening. And A, B, or C could have easily been rectified with just a couple minutes of troubleshooting. You know, we are here to support you. The vendors are here to support you uh, for their products. Again, you know, Windows, Dell, so on and so forth, printers. But really, it comes down to you. You are ultimately responsible for making sure everything during your event is going to work to the best of your ability. And that means that you have to use your, your free time to bone up on your knowledge on solutions to common problems. And it wouldn't hurt to, you know, take a few extra steps. And well, so what are some like less common problems, but things that can happen? If you can think of it, trust me, it's happened. And I don't care how wild it is. If it's, there's a waffle oozing out of my CD drive, it has happened. In fact, I can tell you, I, I know that that's happened almost 25 years ago when the CD drives came out. All kinds of things would pop out of these. Waffles, pancakes, Pop-Tarts, army soldiers and other little plastic figures. Now, granted, your photo booth hopefully isn't as easily accessible to small children as the old-time home computer with the flashy new CD drive, but these things have happened. So if you can think about it, it's happened. Do a search on it. Go to a forum. Type it in. Get some advice. Print out that advice. Have it in the booth. And do some mock troubleshooting. That's another thing. Having all this information and saying, okay, I've done it. I have gotten on top of this. I have uh, printed everything out. I have everything bookmarked. I've got like 150 bookmarks. And I know completely in my mind, if I close my eyes, I can see where the articles are that I need to go to. That is all great. And I'm, you know, I don't want to minimize it, but that's only one step. And it's a good step, but expand on that. So now, not only do you know where to find all this stuff, do some practicing so that pick at least five things that can uh, go wrong according to the common issues that come up, like I said, on our pages and, and vendor pages and so forth, and mock troubleshoot them. I mean, obviously, if it's not broken, you're not going to know if you actually troubleshot it, but go through the motions. Become familiar, because it's the same as muscle memory. Become familiar with the steps required. So you're training your mind and your body to work together to solve these issues. Short of a catastrophic mechanical failure, you really shouldn't have to shut down at an event. Now, there are catastrophic failures. There's no way of getting around that. So let's just jump right to the end on that one quick. If smoke's coming out of the computer, if the printer is gunked up and the ribbon somehow caught and it got melted in the gears, it's on the paper, everything's wound up, you can't move any of the knobs, you can't move the rollers... 
that is a massive failure. That is a malfunction that you are not going to recover from at that event. These things happen. They don't happen frequently. They don't happen every other time, but that's the reality of the equipment that you're working with. These kinds of things happen. These kinds of printers are susceptible to that kind of thing. And when that does happen, that's where you have to graciously bow out. I mean, there's just no other way to, to deal with it. But again, short of these catastrophic failures in equipment, most of it is hardware related in terms of maybe a cable, a USB port, something came loose. It might be uh, a shifting of paper in the printer. It may be a setting in darkroom. Maybe something that Windows was doing in the background, cross darkroom to get upset. So shut down darkroom, open it back up. A lot of things can be easily fixed in 30 seconds, a minute, three minutes. Sometimes might take up to 10 minutes to get to the bottom of something. But if you know where you're going before you start the journey, you're going to get there a whole lot easier. You're going to cut down on the wrong turns, the distractions, and, oh, sounded like this, but this isn't it because I'm not seeing what, you know, I'm supposed to see according to this document or so on and so forth. You can eliminate these things by just taking grip of it and, you know, making it happen. And again, while it might seem a little overwhelming, the number of things that are involved with the booth, and especially if you're not a tech person and you haven't dealt with software and hardware and their interactions and stuff, it can be a little overwhelming. Absolutely. You know, not going to deny that. But speaking as somebody who is, you know, an IT professional, let me just say that it is super easy to do. And it's not because I'm a tech person. I've been at it for so long. They are just the simplest things. That's why they're called common issues. And that's why there's answers and uh, solutions for them. And they're handed out to just regular people who are not IT professionals because they're simply fixed by doing A, B, C, and D. Take a look at this, switch this, reboot or whatever, and you're off and running. And, you know, I've had to deal with breakdowns with my cameras, my flash units and stuff in photography. As an IT professional, I've had entire server banks go down. I've had entire buildings lose power. I've worked for a trading company that uh, construction across the street in downtown Chicago hit the power main and it sent such a power surge through. It literally melted our UPS system, uninterruptible power supply system, and shot through and destroyed 15 Unix servers. Now, I'm not going to lie and say I handled that whole situation with grace. I pretty much lost my mind. But everything that I had practiced in terms of getting ready for varying degrees of issues and problems that come with, you know, administering a system uh, and a network, all that stuff kicked in. And while I was panicked because this was as bad as bad could be, a trading firm should not be down for more, well, should not be down ever, um, but to, you know, have everything fried. I mean, I couldn't fix it. There's nothing to fix. It's literally smoking. Every one of these servers was, was smoking. So I followed the steps that I had put in place in terms of how I'm going to deal with A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. And within 72 hours, had new servers ordered, in, configured, backups restored, and we were back up and running. Um, and I, to this day, maintain 72 hours was the least amount of time that this could have been done in. You know, I've already mentioned uh, having to work on the camera in, in what's called a black box, a shielded box uh, with film. Now with digital cameras, a little bit different. Uh, not a lot of options when things go wrong. There's not a lot of ways to get to a lot of mechanics. You can get to the shutter, uh, the curtain through the front of the camera, but you know, I have to know how to get the mirror raised up. 
I can't force it because, you know, it's a digital camera. Everything's electronic now and forcing something can break it. But learning that little step and adapting made it so a couple times uh, shooting weddings or even commercial shoots, I was able to get in and, and fix a couple minor things. Now, ultimately, when you're talking about troubleshooting and solutions, the best thing to do is to have backups. Now, as a photographer, the really, I mean, the backup simply means get another camera, uh, have uh, at least two of each of the commonly used lenses that I'm going to use to shoot pictures, having extra bulbs and an extra flash unit handy, you know, and if I had multiple catastrophic failures across the board, obviously I'm not going to have enough equipment to replace everything. That's what happens. But we've talked about before, one of the strategies that you can have is to have uh, a printer. When you get to the point where you have enough money to reinvest into the business, the safest thing you want to do is get the printer. Uh, if you need a new computer, uh, in case something catastrophic happens to the one that you have, because computers, brand new out of the box or 10 years old, they can go out with a puff of smoke. That's the technology that we have uh, worldwide. So it can happen. Um, printer first, computer second, camera third. Cameras very seldom fail. So having those things handy as uh, backup equipment, again, that's the solution. If the computer were to go black and you had that piece of equipment, you know, because you've practiced how long it takes to switch out that computer, just how long you're going to tell your customer it's going to be before things resume. And, you know, you don't have to put it in the booth. You could just set it up and run it manually. You could do it with a laptop. A lot of things that you can do, things we've talked about in past episodes. So, you know, to reiterate, getting equipment is the, the biggest step in troubleshooting. But before you get to that point, everything else can be handled just with information. Information that you're going to put to use by practice so that you are familiar with it. And that's just going to help you keep your calm, keep your cool, uh, get the event salvaged and rescued and move on. So if you haven't already... Let's make 2018 the year that you just wrap your arms around this thing and just make it your own. So troubleshooting, uh, solutions, where to find them, what they are, uh, have them available, doing some dry runs, training your people. If you have people, it's always important to train them. It's great if you know, but they should know too. And basically just work out a strategy to deal with problems. And it's a solution-oriented strategy. And that should be your mantra should be the one that you uh, share with your, your employees or your volunteers or whatever you have. Uh, focus on the solution, not the problem. Okay. So that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, again, any thoughts, comments, questions, anything you want to share, go ahead and reach out to us at podcast at sappb.com. Make sure you check the episode description. Uh, or on our uh, podcast site, I'm going to have some links on there to some of these uh places I've talked about, uh, the vendor uh, sites and so forth. So you can uh, have quick access to those and uh, start building your library of that information. And then after that, I hope everyone is doing great. And uh, until I talk to you next week, I hope that you, again, have continued success. Uh, keep things rolling. I'm going to wish everyone happy boothing. Happy boothing.